When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sip, take a sip of my my iced tea. Take a sip of my Guinness, which is eh. <laughs> Irish iced tea. <laughs> more, more interesting, a better choice, probably. Nah, Guinness is so weak, though. Take that, Guinness. No, everybody thinks it's strong, but it's it's on the weaker side of dark beers. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. Hello, dear listeners of the Mad Scientist podcast. I am your host, Chris Cogswell, here this week, joined by a much deeper Marie Mayhew. Well, hello there, listeners. <laughs> I'm just playing. That's not Marie. That's not Marie. That's TJ. She sounds way better than TJ. Oh, man. No, it's silky smooth voice. <laughs> Telling you, man. It's a different like, kind of like, silky smooth. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's smooth like the Guinness you're drinking. Yeah, there you go. It's good stuff. It's all Irish, what can I tell you? <laughs> all Irish. Dear listeners, so this week, Marie is traveling for business, which sounds super authentic and very adult, and much more adult than anything I ever do. <laughs> and so we are going to be joined here by one of my favorite podcasters, TJ, who is working on a new show. TJ, why don't you tell us a little bit about your new show? Yeah, so the new show is not related at all to our normal genre that we usually talk about or anything. It's actually, it's called Notes from the Attic. And basically, it's kind of the stories your parents and grandparents would tell over Sunday dinner. So those like fun, slightly crazy stories that you'd hear from your, at least from our grandparents' generation, those are the kind of stories I'm looking for. So what I'm trying to do is capture those before they die, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, that, that's really what I'm trying to do is kind of capture some of those live from the people directly. Yeah, man. It sounds like it's going to be really good. Um, I'm super excited for it. Yeah, it's something a little different, a little out of the box for, you know, considering our normal stuff that we talk about. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun. And I mean, those stories are always fun and it's good to preserve some of those and get them out there in society nowadays, you know. Honestly, I would not be, I'm going to guarantee that at least, at least, I don't know, an eighth of those stories are going to end up devolving into spooky stuff anyways. They might. As they always do. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. I, I like old people generally, but there's something about an old lady with paper thin skin telling a story about the old mansion she used to live in in the dark of night. So there's some of that, but there's also some that I'm like, they're like more wild than we we ever could imagine you know like, well they didn't have any damn laws there were no rules back then <laughs> right it's like they, they just had fun. <laughs> you could do whatever the hell you wanted in the yeah. 50s they didn't even care um so but i mean yeah I'm, i mean think about like your nona you know she would have had some great stories you know <laughs> yeah um and like all of her crazy medicine stories and stuff like those would have been fun to capture too so um and i think of the i have one living grandparent left and the three that weren't there, that aren't around anymore, would they had very, very different lives, but all had really great stories. Yeah, so, awesome, man. That's where it stemmed from, from me at least, and uh, hopefully it takes off, and really, there's a trailer up there now, so it has its own iTunes account with the trailer, and if anybody has any stories, feel free to uh, send them in to me, especially if you're a podcaster and have a microphone. 
feel free to record your uh, your grandma next time you see her. Yeah, totally. And we're going to have a link to that uh, trailer up on the Twitter, the Facebook, the website, everywhere. Um, awesome, man. Oh, I'm super excited. I can't wait. Yeah, thanks, I really can't wait. Thanks. No problem. So uh, getting into what we're actually talking about today, we're talking about time travel. Speaking of going to the past. Speaking of going into the past and reliving the days of yore, we're talking about time travel. We're going to go into the science. We're going to go into the weirdness. Some of the stranger theories, you know, Bigfoot, <laughs> uh, Mars, all that good stuff. All the big ones, all the good ones. You know them. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the Mad Scientist Podcast. This week's episode, Time Travel. All right. So, man, time travel is one of those one of those uh, one of those ideas that just like does not go away. I th- I thought it would be a good balance of like tinfoil hat stuff, which apparently that's my role as a guest on people's shows now. It's like, oh, let's have TJ on if we're going to talk about some crazy shit, you know? Like, yeah, yep, And yep, I can say yep. shit on your podcast. So that's good. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's a lot of fun, but there's also some good science side too. Um, and I know, obviously, you know, for the record, I know we have not officially done time time travel yet, but it'd be fun to know, like. Is it even possible on paper? You know, can we go both ways? That's always been a question I've had in my head, whether you can go forward and backwards or just backwards, as I personally think, you know, things like that are why I would be interested to talk about uh, with you about it, at least. Yeah, man. So so time travel is time travel is like one of those side effects of the mathematics of physics that like like the same with like the multiple multiple worlds hypothesis mm-hmm. there's a lot of you know i don't think people realize that there's a lot of math so this this gets to kind of like a larger question which is is math is math real or is math just like a tool like a language mm-hmm. right and there's a lot of really good philosophy actually out there on like is language even real too right so like the fact that we can sit like when i say the word chair you can think of a billion different types of chairs if you really wanted to, right? You could nearly an endless number of chairs probably that you could think of. Yeah. But the concept of a chair seems to link to a, so, like something real, something solid, right? That it's a concept that seems to be in, you know, like the place where you sit comfortably seems to be a concept in, you know, every language and every uh, every human experience. And so that seems to suggest that language is not just a, a tool, but rather links to something real. Well, the same idea occurs in mathematics where the fact that these physical constants or these equations seem to show up in the physical world suggests to some people that math is a real thing. It's like a, it's a universal law or it's, you know, I think like this is going to be really nerdy, but like probably the closest way that we can think of it is almost the um, like the song of creation from um, the Elder Scrolls video game. I got you. Yeah. Like it's it's like the underlying uh, world bones that make this universe work. Right. But but ultimately, though, math at the highest levels is just a tool like it's. Well, and one can make that same argument for time, too. Right. Like whether that actually is a real thing 
Well, that's a, that's a yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Basically, is that like all these concepts? Or math, I guess. I guess time breaks down into math. Yeah, yeah. like all these concepts of all these concepts of uh, what time is. Like there is a, I mean, yeah, time is a real thing. We all get affected and ravaged by time, right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, time is like the time is this measure of seemingly this other. Dimension maybe is the wrong word, but kind of this other position in space time, right? So, mm-hmm. and this is kind of the modern conception of what time is. So, um, you can think that on we live in a visually, like spatially, we live in a three dimensional world, right? So, you have length, you have width, and you have uh, height, right? Right. But we also have a fourth, a uh, fourth apparent dimension, which is time. Right. So you can tell someone, I want you to meet me at, you know, these, this latitude and longitude and this floor of the building there at three o'clock next Friday. Those correspond to a specific point, not only in space, but also in time. Right, right, right. And the way that that comes into play in our mathematics or our physics is that we can then describe the motion of bodies through space by basically coming up with what are known as functions over time. Yeah, that makes sense. So like, you know, so like, you know, okay, well, the pendulum, the pendulum will be at its highest point at some time, you know, at one second. And then at two seconds, it's at the bottom of the swing. And then at three seconds, it's at the highest point, the farthest away it can be. And then back and forth. Right. And so we can start to write out these, Basically, we can write out a language, mathematics, that describes that movement with time in space. Okay? Now, in, in physics, it just so happens that some of our predictive mathematics, some of our predictive tools, are seemingly very good at telling us things that'll happen in the future. Okay. Right? So, if you are really, really accurate about or not, it doesn't have to be that accurate, right, for this kind of thing, but let's say you wanted to know how far away you could throw a baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, if you knew the amount of force that you impart to the baseball at the beginning of the throw, the angle you throw it at, the weight of the baseball, the gravity, all this other stuff, you could figure out pretty accurately where that ball is going to fall. Yeah. You can, you can tell me how long it'll be in, in flight and how far it'll go, how high it'll reach, all that stuff. And so that's, that's all good. And that's what's known as Newtonian mechanics. So like things work with the laws of Isaac Newton. Okay. The way, the reason that time starts to be not just almost a descriptive tool for our math, but almost something more interesting is when we get into the realm where basically our math breaks down. And so we have these instances where, so let's, let's say for instance, Let's say that the let's say you find out that the you can predict that the the travel of a basketball through the air is described by some mathematical function that has something like the weight of the ball. So the distance that it travels at some point in time, T, is equal to the weight of the ball divided by that time, T. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. 
You give me flashbacks to high school now, dude. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> what happens? What happens then if what happens at time equals zero? You have one over zero, so that's 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 impossible. Right, right, right. You come up with a discontinuity. It's called a discontinuity in the function. Okay. Okay. And at the same time, if you said, "Well, what happens at t equals a thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Then you end up with one over a thousand, which starts to go to zero. Okay. Okay. That so that that kind of function has what's known as these. It has these discontinuities that lend themselves to these interesting parts of the physical world where we can't predict what's going to happen there. So what will actually happen there? Well, we don't know. Right. So you have to actually measure these things. You can't just predict them from math. Okay. Now that's all fine and great. That's all happy. We're all good with that. When it's basketballs flying through the air. Right. Right. Those discontinuities aren't hard to measure, but when it's a, an atom or a photon or Right, something that's not easy to measure, then we have problems. Right, right, right. So that's where some of these, like, that's where these, um, these weird, like, time travely questions start to come in is well, at those areas where time goes to zero and so our position goes to infinity, might just our, you know, might we just travel back in time? And like, no, no, why would you think that? Your math just sucks. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you just haven't, it's like saying because you don't have a word for, I don't know, like, I mean, this is a weird thought experiment anyways. Imagine, I don't know, imagine, like, have you ever had, have you ever tasted shark grilled on toast? No, not that I know of. No, me (laughs) either. I've never had, never had shark grilled on toast. I think I've had it separately, but not together. Okay, so like, and like you can, but you can kind of predict what it'll taste like. Within reason, yeah. Right? Like you can kind of get a sense, but you won't know for sure. That's true. Right? Okay. You won't know for sure until you taste the, the shark on the toast. So that's kind of like what happens with our math. We have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen, but we can't be sure at some point. We're, we're, not exi- we're not entirely certain. And so with the fish, with the shark on the toast, we wouldn't make the assumption like, we, okay, with our mathematics, then we would make the assumption. Sometimes we make the assumption then that all kinds of weird, wacky shit could happen at that point where time seemingly has a discontinuity. Okay. Right. We would be like, well, I don't know, maybe a wormhole opens or something. Right. <laughs> right. But it's like, it's like akin to in, in any other experience, it would be like, it would be akin to that that's the first time we sit down to have shark fin on toast you know the world fucking collapses in on itself right okay just because just because we're not very predictive so because it's an unknown from the science side then we start adding all the other stuff into it like the the bigger picture stuff like the yeah exactly yeah like the i don't know i don't know what the right word is uh spiritual stuff in some cases you know yeah we, we start we start adding in all this other like in, there's this, I can't remember who said this, and I'm sure a listener is going to let me know. I'm going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe I couldn't remember that that's who said this. But there's a saying that's like in the spaces where as science gets better and better, the places for magic get smaller and smaller. There we go. Right. So like, so it's, and it's the same thing here where our science can't explain all of a sudden we have to throw in all this crap that we believe in. You know, we have to to throw in there, you know, um, I don't know, 
poltergeists and uh, magic and right. Like we have to throw in all this other crap, but the, the actual predictive power of that argument gets smaller and smaller. So then, so what I'm trying to do is make the connection of, all right, so we have this, this science stuff on paper, right? Which is basically math, which is what you're describing now. Yeah. Makes sense in a baseball. How do we get from the baseball will be from the pitcher to home plate in X amount of seconds to John Teeter flying through, coming back, coming back from the year 20, whatever to well, 2000, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do we, how do we make that <laughs> right. jump? You know, like, well, so, okay. So like, so the, so first off the time has an interesting property about it where you can never go like time is, is, uh, unidirectional. It has, you know, time only goes, time has an interesting property where it only moves forward, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't actually reverse time, but you can actually, but you can move backwards in space, right? Okay. So space is like, space is freely movable in the sense that you can always, you know, you can walk to the you know you can walk to the store and then back to your house right once you've left your house that's not like you're never going back but time is not that way you know once you once you leave um you know three o'clock on march the third 2007 you're never going back to that time right so the question i think philosophically the question has always been well why is time that you know why is if Seemingly time works like all of our other all of our other spatial dimensions, right? Right. And by dimension here I don't mean like like I literally mean dimension as in another like an, like another cardinal direction. Yeah, you can like, move, or not you cardinal move direction. right up down. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah, thing. Like, so why can't you exactly, move forward like, and backwards inside? Yeah. Yeah, it's another it's another plane of dimension to our shapes and our geometry. Right. Um so yeah, the question becomes, well, if we can move in all the directions in that, in that one, then why can't we in these others? And so it started opening up these other questions about, well, perhaps, uh, perhaps we actually, you know, so one way of thinking about it maybe is that we actually do exist in a time dimension and our apparent spatial stuff is just because we're like, ab- you know, almost above that dimension. And that's kind of a more... So, so the, uh, I really like this example of, of dimensionality almost is imagine like a ball of paper that you crumple up, mm-hmm. right? So imagine you have, you have your first ball of paper. And so imagine that you're living on a pl- on a sheet of paper. You're a two dimensional oh, object. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. You're yeah. a two dimensional thing. But then you crumple. You're a stick person. Yeah, but then but then something comes and crumples the paper up. You wouldn't notice that in your dimension because you're a two dimensional thing. You just think you're still on the paper. Right, right. Right. But there would be these unseen forces acting on you on that page that would be they would be part of your world, but you would not be able to actually see them in the same way that you see the two dimensional world. And that gets into the whole, like, if you, if you make a tube out of the paper and then you put a hole through the tube. Yeah. Yeah. It gets to the wormhole idea. Yeah. Okay. So, and so, you know, in a sense, what you can think is that as we go, so as we go down in dimensions, 
we're basically getting to smaller, like crumpled up pieces of paper. Okay. So the first dimension is it's it's whatever it's thing. It's its own thing. You know, theoretically, whatever. The second dimension then would be basically the crumpling of that first dimension. The third dimension would be the crumpling of the second dimension. The fourth would be the crumpling around the third dimension. So you almost end up building like almost like an onion, I guess. Um, dimensions are like onions. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. As are ogres. <laughs> so it's really good. <laughs> Donkey! But like, yeah. So, um, so anyways, then that is what gets us to this idea of um, partly gets us to this idea of space time being almost like the geometry or the like the surface of the universe. So that's where that's where we get this idea of of gravity as almost being the crumpling of our uh, three dimensional space. I got you. Right. Okay. So so uh, listeners who maybe don't know this. Previously, when we thought of gravity, we thought of gravity being like an electrical charge. So imagine you have a positive and a negative. Um, There is a compelling, there's a force that attracts the negative to the positive dipole, right? Of a magnet. Like a magnet, yeah. Or literally a magnet, yeah. Literally a magnet. (laughs) Not like a magnet. I'm literally describing a magnet. If you take two refrigerator magnets and try to touch them together, they're going to push away. Exactly. Yeah. So there's there is a literal force there that's causing them to come together. And that force is like the flow of electrons from surface to surface. That doesn't exist in a that does not exist for gravitational objects. So like there is no there is no um seeming interaction between the earth and the sun that would cause them to attract to each other like they do. Correct. Right. Right. Okay. Now that is like that is a fundamental problem for physics, and it has been for a long time. And so uh, Einstein, I think, called this the spooky force at a distance, hmm. right? And ba- basically, what the idea is is that no matter how like you can be super far away from another object, but you still seem to you still seem to have this force on it that seemingly applies instantaneously without any you know discretion of of uh, you know, the speed of light or information, right? And besides that, whatever, this whole gravity idea, like there, there just is no, there is no um, physical mechanism for gravity as far as we could tell previously, okay? Okay. And then Einstein comes and says, well, what if we think about, and this is a, this is a gross, like, you know, I am not smart enough to, to understand Einstein fully. You know what I mean? Like, that's just a fact. You're pretty close. Like, <laughs> no, like, dude, like, in our, you know what I mean? In most, in most of our heads, you're pretty close. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, like, I don't know, like, I, you know, I have never, like, I have, I have what I would consider to be a layman's, or like, maybe not a layman's, like, I have, like, a interested layman's understanding of Einstein. And I have a layman's understanding. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> Doing great. Uh, yeah. The two of us combined make a whole moron. Yeah, exactly. We're doing great. You know what I mean? Um, two morons and a microphone. <laughs> or yeah, we're doing great. Um, so this idea of this idea of space. So the way that this was explained, or the way that Einstein said, "Well, why don't we think of things this way?" Then is imagine a imagine you have a sheet that you're you're holding tight, right? And then you put a bowling ball inside that, like on the center of the sheet. Well, the sheet surface is going to start to deform around that heavy object. Right. Right. 
And so if you put like a marble on the sheet, that marble is going to, it's going to go right to that heavy bowling ball. It's going to move towards the bowling ball. I got you. That's basically what gravity is. It's kind of the, it's like the crinkling of our space time sheet. So then in theory, there should be an anti-gravity, right? Um, well, why would, or is that part of the problem? Why would there be? Oh, because I mean, if there's, there's always a, a balance, right? If there's, so if there's pushing in, then theoretically there could be a pushing out maybe. Right. Right. Yeah. But right. And that, but, but the question though is how would that, what would that even look like? Right. Cause gravity seemingly gravity is an effect. It's a, it's a, it's an unobservable or unqual like it's, it's measurable, but it's like, Oh, it's so hard to, it's so hard to say what this is like. Yeah, but I think I, where I was getting at with that is then if there's time, then there should be like an anti time, right. That you can move, move in and out or f- that you can move backwards the other way. Right. Well, so the other weird thing that seems, the other weird thing that seems to happen is that as we get into these like gravity wells, so these areas where there's something super massive, mm-hmm. right? Your speed will increase to the point that you start to approach the speed of light. And so then, and this is like, this is for like a super massive black hole. This isn't for, you know, a planet or something or even a sun. Yep. Um, and as you start to approach that speed of light, time starts to slow down for you. Okay. And this is where the time travel and black holes. This, okay. And now this is where the time travel kind of stuff comes in. I gotcha. That, yeah, there's a question of, well, if you can slow down time, then couldn't you speed up time? And also, so that, so imagine this then, right? You could in theory be circling a black hole, right? Assuming you can get out of it. You could be circling a black hole where time moves at one, one thousandth of the speed that it does for the earth. Mm. And so every day for you on that ship is a thousand days on the surface of the earth. Right. I got you. So in theory, you could travel. You could travel ahead of time. Right. Now you're hurting my head because I always thought you you could only go backwards. Okay. No, this makes sense. It does. No, it does. It does not. Um, So you could. So, yeah. So you could basically you could, in theory, get a lot older or you you would stay young, but the people on Earth would get older. I got you. Yeah. Right. And so, so, so then we get into the whole thing with basically then they would make the mini black holes, which would make time travel like of objects possible. Right. Um, maybe, I mean, so the thing is, the problem is that this is the problem with all of this is that as far as we know, this requires subs, this is like, this is all a, this is all thought to be true. So there is some this is what's known as time dilation. Okay. There is some there is some theor, there's some theoretical reason or some experimental reason to think that this is true. But it's like uh, there's some reason to think that this could be true. Well, well, and that's what I but that's what I was wondering is like has science The problem though is how do you the problem is how do you get it to work in practice, right? Like we need, right. you would need these for these effects to actually be usable in any way. You would need, I mean, the, you would need to have a black hole. 
You would need to have the means of traveling to and away from a black hole. You would need, like, it requires so much prep work that by that point we might have robot bodies anyway, so who cares? So do you think science has written off time travel, or they just haven't gotten to the point where they understand it yet? No way. Dude, time travel is like one of the, I would say time travel is probably one of the most seriously considered of the non-standard scientific lexicon. Okay. That's what I was wondering. You know what I mean? Like if, if there was just too much evidence on paper where they're like, this could never happen. Like it's only, it's only good, you know, from the, the uh, fictional side of things. Like I, I, I would say that, I would say that most physicists, I would say most, I would say that the, the as far as I know from reading, the vast majority of physicists would say that, yeah, there's like, there's no, there's no good reason to think that we could travel back in time. But these, these weird effects of relativity and these weird effects of space time, those are considered to be real things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So it's almost a question of like framing of the uh, framing of what you want. So in some ways, like, People are asking, people are asking science like, hey, can you bake us a cake? And science is like, no, but I can get you a brownie. You know what I mean? Like, I got you. They just haven't figured out the recipe for the cake yet. It's like, it's not exactly what people want, but it's like kind of close. Right. You know what I mean? Brownies are way better. Um, it's still impossible. Like, this would still be like a super massive brownie that we can never attain. But it's, you know, it's an idea. Yeah. The other idea is, though, just quick, is like, you mentioned the, t- the idea of wormholes. Right. Right. That would be another way potentially for this to work would be, well, what if there was basically, I've used this example before of the two-dimensional person on the sheet of paper. If you fold the piece of paper around so that they like, you know, what appears to be seven inches away um, on their paper is actually right on top of that point. So So let me rephrase this. I'm getting ahead of myself. You're a two-dimensional person and you're looking you're looking down a way that you're walking. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And there is to you, it looks like there's a straight line that goes seven meters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say we, us as three dimensional people folded that paper so that the start and the end of the line were on the exact same point, but we're just away from each other in the third dimension. I got you. Okay. Then, in theory, if that two-dimensional person could figure out a way to tunnel through the paper into the third dimension to the other side of their paper, then they could, in theory, travel that whole distance without any worry about how long it would take them in two dimensions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that is another idea, basically the same idea, but we link two points in three-dimensional space through the fourth dimension or some other dimension, whatever. That gets us to this other point. Okay. That's this. That's the other idea of how we might be able to do, say, long term interstellar travel. But also it could could maybe if we think about time. If thinking about time as another dimension isn't just a nice mathematical formalism, but is a real physical reality then maybe we could also do the same thing with the dimension that is time. Because then you're fold, you're basically folding it. Yeah, so you could move from one point to the other. It's just a matter of figuring out how to manipulate that. But again, as, f- as far as we know, our understanding of time is it is a mathematical formalism. <laughs> but I also think we have a, uh, 
a very skewed like i th- i don't think we have a good grasp on time at all i mean regardless of you know time management skills and all that stuff but like even if you look back at where you know people say oh this happened during this time frame in history you know and then it's like no it was really like a, a thousand years before you know because they had the calendars wrong just basic stuff like that let alone the bigger picture stuff you know did that did that make sense yeah absolutely well it's also a weird like it's a really weird thing because i mean as like as far as i know no one existed before i was alive you know what i mean like as far as i know no one existed before i was conscious enough to realize that they were alive and no one will exist when i'm dead mm. i got you so time is like a yeah there is there does seem to be some aspect of it that continues past us but at the same time it is a very i don't know like philosophically time is a big problem for us right and mathematically or i guess in terms of physics we don't we don't really have the same control over time that we do the other I don't want to say the other dimensions or like the other spatial coordinates or something, but like we have ways to, we don't have ways to speed up or make it's just like, Oh God, I'm all turned around now. No, 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 it's okay. I think what you're getting, I think what you're getting at is like you could take a three dimensional object and cut it in half or glue another piece onto the end of it. And we don't currently have a way of doing, of cutting and gluing stuff in the time realm right is that what you're getting at oh my god we sound like a bunch of stone college kids <laughs> like, jesus christ what i know what like, like what, what i mean <laughs> what i mean is i guess time we treat time as if it is something different than just a position right we would we never we would never talk about how we could you know how we could lengthen or shorten the x dimension right 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 or the y dimensional space like but we think about ways that we could shorten or lengthen time and it's because it's linked intrinsically to our uh, because it's linked intrinsically to our biology right but i mean it's such a strange concept and it's so hard even to I mean, I would argue it's even hard to talk about really in a sensible way as we're, as we well, are, we're proving that, but yeah, as we are proving <laughs> to you listeners who have fought through all this time with us so far. All right. So how do we get from, so the science side basically is, is confusing as shit, even though you did a great job of explaining it, but I think for even scientists, it's confusing, right? So like, how do we get from that? Like clearly to, if you put time travel into YouTube, the 5 billion videos that come up, um, which I was down that rabbit hole earlier today. So how do we make that jump from the science side that, that you explained, you know, as best you could just now to all these people that claim to be time travelers and coming back from all these future years or, uh, you know, my personal favorite, John Teeter, which I know has pretty much been proven a hoax at this point, I think, you know, um, but how do we make those jumps? Well, so the the thing is that like time travel is such a perfect version of this because it is seemingly respectable for scientists to talk about. Right. Okay. That first off gives it like an air of credibility that other, um, other things like this don't have. 
And then on top of it, too, on top of that, you have a lot of room for mystic making, I guess is what I want to call it. Okay. Where you can have someone like, listen, I I always try to make it clear on the show. Like my doctorate is in is in chemical engineering. I have a I have a research background in nanomaterials. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of I know a lot of chemistry. I know a lot of material science. I know a lot of math, um, and I know a lot of. Uh, I guess I know I know enough physics, atomic physics, to get you know to build something, um, to build something on the nanoscale and analyze it. But ultimately, like I am not a theoretical physicist. I do not know much more about Einstein really than the general public. Do you know what I mean? Like Einsteinian relativity and uh, whatever time dilations and gravity and whatever is not my specialty. Like I can do my best, you know, but ultimately like, I mean, I think you explained it better than I could have for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but you know what, you know what I'm trying to say though? Like I am not, I, I have no claim. I have no way of making like absurd or not absurd, but like there's no reason to think that if I say something is possible in time travel, that that holds any more weight than like anybody else. You know what I mean? Because it's not my specialty. It's not my background. It's not, it's not what I've done research in. So I could say, for example, that, you know, um, okay, well, if we know that we know from Einstein that as you move quicker, as you, as you move more quickly in space, time appears to a uh, Time appears to travel more slowly for you than it does for someone who's standing still. Okay, that's time dilation. Therefore, if we can find a way to make you move in some time dimension forward, okay, or let's say not even a time dimension, I can say, for example, that I have made a time machine device, TJ. Yes. I've made it. We just made it right now. Okay. I'm game. The way it works is we have. Who killed JFK? Let's here's go. the way. Here's, no. <laughs> Don't make that joke. Here's, here's the way it works. I have, I have two streams of super cooled liquid plasma. Okay. And they are charged by a laser beam and that charge imparts to them ionization that allows them to spin cancel each other's uh, quantum spin numbers such that we actually end up creating time dilation in a localized space okay but more than that if we can if we control the way that the fluid spins we're actually able to almost unravel that crumpling in of space time we talked about earlier. And so we can actually get time to move forward or backwards. So we can crumple it in or we can crumple it out basically. Okay. Okay. This device will let me travel into the future or into the past. Now I want you to disprove that. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You can't. Yeah. You can't, right? I, was, I said a bunch of bullshit. Funny, so as, as we were talking, there was two things that came to mind, right? No, I, I know. There was two things that came to mind, and I'm not trying to disprove it, by the way. Was the flux capacitor, right? So back to the future. Yeah. Right? That all sounded good, right? We don't know, you know? And just as good as what you just said, you know? And then I was actually Googled John Teeter just to see what, what he claimed his time machine is. And it's kind of close. He added x-ray stuff into there. It's always, it's always x-rays and plasmas and bullshit. Yeah. But so is that really all that most of this stuff is? It's just, they just add a bunch of big science terms that people, most people probably don't understand anyway into it and then just mix them all together <laughs> pretty much like it has it has like a close it has a close enough association with the truth there were nuggets in there that were true mm-hmm. right like there were bits in there that we expect there were things that you know make sense seemingly you know like wh- i honestly think that for most of these cases like this it's almost like a darren brown esque trick have you seen any of darren brown stuff man no i haven't tell me what oh my done. god he's amazing if, if i could ever get darren brown on the podcast I'd, I'd lose my mind he's he's a fucking great great uh illusionist okay. he basically what he does and not even, i don't think he's necessarily an illusionist i don't even think that's what he would consider himself he's almost a um a mentalist i guess okay basically what he does is he he uses sleight of hand and uh, basically hypnotism to get people to do whatever the fuck he wants them to. <laughs> All right. So there's a really famous and he, he does it in interesting ways. So it's like it's like magic, but it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, it's so fucking cool. Yeah. So he does. He does this one. Uh, he does this one thing where he's at the he's at a cash register. He can just go into any store and he'll just talk to the clerk and then he'll leave with whatever he wants. Huh? Okay. Right. And it's just because he's like, he basically asked, like, he doesn't ask for, he goes up to the clerk and he's like, I'm going to take this. And they're like, okay. And then he fucking leaves. It's just, <laughs> so it's like these, he's playing on the tricks that like program us to act in society almost. Yeah, right? He's not saying like, look into my eyes, you're getting sleepy. He's just like, he knows how the human mind works or doesn't work. Right. Exactly. And it's very similar. There's actually a really good, there was another really good documentary similar to this where there was a guy that pretended to be a mystic. He pretended to be a, uh, he pretended to be a, like a yogi. Mm-hmm. And he went, he came from, he came from the UK and he came to America and he ended up getting like 30 followers or something. Um, and at the end of it, he was like, I'm not real. He was like, this is a, this is all a trick. This was me trying to show how easy people are to manipulate. Um, I think they made a few TV shows out of that too. Oh, I'm sure they did, you know, but, yeah. but I, I wonder though, I would not be surprised if you could do the same, you could definitely do the same thing with this kind of time travel story or even people claiming to have created new energy methods or any of that other stuff. Right. Um, and it's, it is just because people want to believe the man in the lab coat. I gotcha. You know, 
Um, I would say Which works that, out because that's why you have a podcast, right? It's fucking it's amazing. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Don't stop listening to this jackass in a lab coat. Right, exactly. The um <laughs> one really interesting thing that I one interesting aspect of this that I really like is philosophically, uh, and this is actually a, a thing that they do again, the Ricky Gervais show is the podcast from which all podcasts have sprung. They do this awesome segment on there about time travel. Mm-hmm. And they basically say, you know, if if time travel is possible, then it has already happened. Oh, yeah. Right? Because if time travel is possible, then in some timeline, because all the, the thing is, if you open up time travel as being possible, then again, you open up all possibilities of timelines. Well, yeah, that's there's like 5,000 different theories, you know, into yeah, and the multi multiverse and timelines and the whole, I mean, all, all the way to, to Doc Brown making the second, the second thing, you know, remember on Back to the Future 2. But I mean, literally, like, okay, let's say tomorrow we invent time travel. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we go back in time, we fuck with something. Well, someone in the future might go back in time to try to stop us. Oh, okay. Right? And then someone might try to go back and stop those guys. Oh, yeah. Then it gets messy. Yeah, I got you. And so on and so on and so on. And so ultimately, we don't have time travel. Nothing fucking changes. So who cares? Because it all just ends up running its course anyway. Okay. Yeah, because it all gets canceled out. Right? Oh, science really ruins all the conspiracy stuff. It's like so <laughs> but it's like you know it's so, so okay so now. one of so one of my one of my most frustrating i think um the one of the more famous recent supposed time travels is andrew basiago mm-hmm. now he claims all kinds of other stuff too but his major claimer one of his major claims is that he is a chrononaut who has traveled forward and backwards in time as well as to mars Sometimes with Barack Obama, <laughs> Dude, it's not, it's not, it's really what he believes. No, I know. Uh, or at least he says to believe. Sorry. As, um, and yeah, and his father was a chrononaut too and all this other stuff, whatever. He's going to, oh, he's going to be, he's going to be president in, I think he was supposed to be president this last election. I don't know what happened there. His timelines are just not, not reliable, but I would have taken that. I mean, what? <laughs> his his argument one of his arguments one of his stories that pr- supposedly proves that he traveled through time is that um he was going he was going for a drive with his dad and they got to a rest station that was like well hold on i'll be right back and his dad that day had a long beard or no didn't have a beard his dad was clean shaven that morning and so he went into the gas station and he comes out like 10 minutes later with a full beard and Andrew's like, my dad traveled through time. That's irrefutable proof. My mom saw it. My mom remembers. All of his friends remember. And here's the problem with that, TJ. Hold on. Was he part of the Philadelphia stuff, too, and Project Montauk? Kind of, sort of, yeah. All right. If you, if you can travel through time. And Pegasus, too, right? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Project right. Pegasus. <laughs> That's okay. If you can travel through time. You can spend a couple minutes to make sure because all of a sudden time is infinite, right? It doesn't matter how much time you have. You have infinite time now. You can spend the extra couple minutes to make sure everything's the fucking same when you come back. Yeah, you would think, right? It's ridiculous. It's insanity. It doesn't make any damn sense. 
Unless you don't want it to be the same. Uh, da, da, da. Well, that's why that's why they started. These people that claim that they travel through time now start sidestepping it by saying that there are alternate timelines. So it's like the reason that everything they're predicting isn't coming true is because actually we just go into an alternate timeline to see what happens, so we don't mess up our own timeline. Well, that's yeah, that's their safety net for everything, right? But again, it gets rid of the it gets rid of the ultimate thing, which is that you can always just send someone back. Like there's, you know what I mean? Like it's not like you only have two shots to travel back yeah, in time. One, thing that I don't one time to fuck stuff up and then one time to fix it. You have infinite time. You have infinite times. You can keep retrying until you get it perfectly. And I never thought about that till you till you brought it up. Where it's like, yeah, if he went back to to do X, right? To whatever. To so he wins the election, not Trump, right? Then there's probably then there could be a person ahead of him that comes back and makes sure Trump wins. You know, like. Where does that stop? You know, like, yeah, it keeps, it just keeps happening. Right. Like yeah. the only, the only timeline that doesn't get canceled out is the one where a time travel device never gets built, which by the way, I, I, Goog- <laughs> I did Google it and he claims that, uh, I don't know if you want to get into this. <laughs> he, oh, we can. It's fine. Uh, he says that the, there was a CIA joint CIA and DARPA program that, uh, went ahead in time and saw that Trump would win. So they're pre- totally prepared for what he's doing right now. Yeah, I'm sure there is. That's that's what he claims. <laughs> it's the beauty. It's the beauty of being the guy that's traveled forward in time. You're always right, right. <laughs> like, except for all those times you're not, and then you can just say that you're in an alternate timeline. <laughs> that the timeline split. Yeah, it's wonderful. Anyways, let's get into a fun time traveler, John Teeter. That is, and I know I've mentioned him a few times, but so he was one of my like break-ins into this weird stuff, right? into kind of the conspiracy realm above top secret days, you know, back in the day. And I don't think that was the original stuff on above top secret, but it was like the reposts of the original stuff. Sure. And allegedly he had an account on there too. So that's where it got really interesting for me. Um, because at first you're like, no, nah. but then, you know, at 20 some years old, I'm like, wait, He's ta- he says big science words. That kind of makes sense to me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> then, Wait a second. That's kind of what you and I were just talking about, where it's like, yeah, to an average, you know, communication major that's probably hung over reading it on the internet, <laughs> um, you know, it, it probably does make sense, you know. <laughs> but so, so in your theory, technically, back, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why it's so important that, like, we train the public to be able to, like, see bullshit science apart from good science, right? Like, we've done, like, science has done such a shitty job. We've taught, like, we taught, we teach kids basic science stuff, but at a certain level, it does not matter if every kid knows what mitochondria is. What matters is can you think scientifically can you rationally pick apart an argument and see non-scientific thinking and non-scientific practices or methods you know yeah and i I think that's part of the thing where where i say that that a lot of this kind of conspiracy stuff is actually good in some ways because then it helps people to analyze it you know like yeah most of it's bs but it, but at least you're looking at it to see what's BS about it. What what do you buy into? Why do you buy into it? Why don't you buy into other stuff? You know, right? And that's kind of good skills to learn for other areas too in life. It's sort of it's sort of like the U.S. is interesting. It's not just the U.S. Like the whole world, um, at least the Western world, seems to have these like cycles almost where 
we hit like peak bullshit and then all of a sudden we go back to like the enlightenment like it gets mm-hmm. rational super mm-hmm. rational again and then we hit peak bullshit again and like it just keeps happening right and so it's it's almost like an enema for our for our brains you know what i mean like yeah we all of a sudden we're all you know we're talking about uh I don't know, the revival of, of uh, seances and ghost women and all this other crap, whatever. And then we hit the Industrial Revolution. And then it's like, well, now we're talking about hippies and, uh, you know, free love and acid trips and aliens and, and, you know, these aliens and bikinis coming down and whatever. And then we hit the 70s and it's like, shit, things are real all of a sudden again. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, we're building up to peak bullshit again, almost. You know what I mean? Hey, if they want to bring back the the uh, Venetians, the bikini-clad Venetians, I'm good with that. Oh, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> you, know what's, you know what's interesting? So, okay, this is, this is an aside. I have, I have actually been, like, I have been super, like, okay, I know, like, I'm supposed to say this now because I'm, I'm director of research for MUFON, but, like, I have been blown away by how, like, amazing the field investigation actually is generally. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really good, man. Okay, whatever. Anyways, like, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm very, I'm, we're, we're killing it. We're doing really good right now with this stuff. But that's good. And I think that to your, to your point is that you're putting more of the, the scientific lens on stuff that previously may not have had that. That's, I mean, that's what we're trying to do. So, so, okay. Let's try to tie it back for you. Sorry. Let's try Let's try It's okay. It's fine. No, I know. I keep going on these tangents. No, it's you. okay. I'm trying to. Let's, let's get back to John. John, uh, John Teeter. I was, so, hold on. I was trying to figure out. I thought they solved his thing or like something came out, but I can't find, I can't find the most recent. So, okay. So for listeners that don't know, John Teeter basically started posting on the was it above top secret or was it like the coast? I think it was coast to coast AM. It was, it was bulletin boards before internet. So for all of you young folks out there. <laughs> yeah. So back when the internet was like a lot, it was still just as scary, but it was a lot harder to access. So it was like shady too. Um, they had these like big message board stuff. I think it was less scary to be honest. <laughs> um, so basically this guy posted a thing that was like, I'm here from the, I'm here from the future. I'm here to stop like a cat catastrophe or something. And he said that he was specifically looking for an IBM computer, um, a very specific model that I guess was supposed to be able to run the kind of programming language that utilized that they utilize still in the future or something. Yeah. So what they, cl- so apparently, and, and I'm cheating a little bit here on Wikipedia while we're talking, but that's okay. Um, is that, is that apparently it was the IBM 5100. Yeah. And it, because it had a secret, backdoor that could run two different types of systems so it was apl and basic programming languages so that was even before my time but but um, but now like but think think about how fucking dumb that argument seems now now yeah (laughs) like you can jailbreak your cell phone to play n64 and playstation 1 games and an operating system like like that is the perfect this his story is the perfect example for me of like almost like a time like a paranormal story having a timeliness to it that perfectly shows that it's false or like immediately shows out that like this isn't true this is a product of this time period like you know it could only have got it could only it's like saying it's like if a time traveler comes back from the from the a time traveler appeared now and was like 
oh, in the future we three D print everything. Like, I, like you're a jackass. We're not gonna three D printing is fucking dumb, right? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, we don't do we don't use it for shit. Stop it! Like, but, it's not gonna be a like thing. Five years ago, you would have thought that it was more popular. You know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it it is the perfect example of that where someone is trying to seem futuristic and they just fail at it so hard because you you cannot you cannot predict how the future is going to be with technology changing as quickly as it does. Like who would have ever predicted that Donald Trump would become president 25 years ago, right? Who would ever predict that Barack Obama would become president? Like mm-hmm. the, some mm-hmm. like this shit just comes out of nowhere sometimes and you know what I mean? Like it, you might be able to get hints of it, but ultimately they're not um they're not stuff isn't as that as predictable as we like it to be i would say especially technology yeah i think you can make educated guesses on some stuff like some of his predictions about like like this the 2004 election was going to be the start of the civil war and da, 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 and people could be like well that hasn't happened so he's wrong and then you know the pro teeter people are like well it happened in that timeline but we prevented something bad from happening so you know so so now it's good it's good again yeah uh or maybe there was a a slight break we just haven't noticed it yet you know those type of things but i mean i think you could look at kind of where things are going and make like nostradamus type predictions that you can look back at and either say oh yeah that kind of fits you know later on i mean well yeah i mean let's like let me shit let's try it now i mean like I guarantee that in the next hundred years there will be a great war. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? There will, okay, let me let me let me let me try. Let me try. Okay. And yay, there will be a great war. And there will be a great war. Brother against brother. With fire from the sky and land ripped apart. Now, there's going to be a war in the next hundred years, I guarantee it. There's going to be a war that will pit two countries that used to be friends with each other at some point, or were allies at some point. Because everyone's been allies with everyone at some point in history. (laughs) Right. All right? And raining fire no shit always and lauren oh you know land torn asunder someone is gonna take over land from someone else right like that is guaranteed to happen <laughs> you know what i mean i mean dude you try you give me one give me uh, a give me a prediction no nah, my brain's not working that high right now <laughs> but yeah but to your point and that that whole uh fire from the sky could be simple bullets or or i mean missiles or, or nuclear, nuclear war, weapons or, or yeah. some kind of futuristic laser beams that we invent in five years you know like <laughs> yeah it all depends on what you read into it i mean there's that famous there's that famous one that nostradamus did that was like the great city will burn you know all this other stuff and at the time of the london fire they claimed that that was predicting the london fire and then after 9-11, they predicted, no, it was actually 9-11. I was going to say, and yeah, the they next, used that for multiple. Yeah, and then the next the next big uh, big disaster of some sort, I'm sure they'll use it for that, too. Like, it just, it, prediction's great. You know, the beauty about predictions is that um, if you write them weird enough, they can be used for anything. I mean, hell, you don't even have to be that weird. Like, we, I think we generally could say there's going to be some kind of school shooting in the next three months 
and probably be accurate on that. Oh, I guarantee like, it. And that's not taking any political stance, not making, you know, that's just making an educated guess based on what's been happening lately, you know? Yeah, no, there, there are probably another school shooting. There will probably be a, there will probably be another uprising in the Middle East. Right. <laughs> there will probably be, like, there's a, there's a guy probably that probably be heightened tensions with North Korea, you know? Well, there was, <laughs> I was going to say, there's a guy that recently came and said that he was from the future and claimed that in his timeline, or in his, in his future, where he's from, um, North Korea and South Korea unite as one Korea, but he doesn't want to tell us how it happens. <laughs> so it's oh, is this the so Noah guy? Was this the Noah kid who, like, is actually, like, who's a 20-year-old that was taking the pills? <laughs> oh, I think so. Yeah, this is the same one that so, he's yeah. been on one of those crazy uh, YouTube channels. Yes, yeah, I think so. And he originally came back, and then they they're like, "Oh, he passed the lie detector test." But if you watch it, he just has like a blood pressure cuff hooked up, and then they put truth across the screen. And you're like, you're like, "Oh, whoa, that was a real <laughs> that was a real as if lie detector as test. if lie detectors tests mean anything, anyways." <laughs> but like, right? Yeah. It's, Which I think, it's ridiculous. I think you said, or either you or one of the true crime podcasts, or both, have been like, lie detector tests don't tell you if you're lying. They just tell you if there's a no. change in your body activity, <laughs> right? They tell you if you're nervous, or if you're hungry, right. or if you're horny, or if you're <laughs> like anything else but lying, basically. Right. If you're sweaty, you know, like, it's so dumb, man. Yeah, dude, I don't know. So, like, so time travel... It's one of those, it is really one of those overarching ideas that I think. I'll make a recommendation, though, is did you, and I don't know, do you have Hulu? Do I have what? Do you have Hulu? Like, you have Netflix. Yeah, have, yeah, yeah, I have Hulu, yeah. yeah so there's that, there was that uh, Hulu series, 1963. Okay. Where it's James Franco, and I can't remember the, the female lead, but basically he's trying to go back and change the JFK assassination. Mm. So he, like... And it's it's like um I think it's like a ten part series or mini series on Hulu. It's really great. Um, it gets into some of that like paradox type stuff that that uh you know most of the time travel things get into. I feel like, but it was really interesting and uh, it has a, a different twist on whether it's good or bad to start screwing around with things like time travel. You know? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's one of those. Yeah, I mean, it's again, again, if it's happened, it's happened. You know what I mean? Like, if if they've, if someone, they, there would not be, there would not be a way for them to. I mean, we can't even stop people from smoking meth, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, basic, we're not gonna yeah. be able to stop people. We're not gonna be able to stop people from traveling back in time once it becomes available. I mean, maybe it's like a single. Maybe, maybe if we ever find a way to do it. You know, um, it's like a, I don't know, like a single access point at control to the center of all the world's militaries or something. But even then, again, like the, it just, I don't know. It's such a, the thing, the other thing too, though, is like, would you even want to travel back in time? Well, that's what I was actually going to ask you in the beginning. And it's probably a good way to, to start wrapping things up a little bit too, is I, I would, from a curiosity, I would want to go back as more of the, the chronovisor type of time travel. You know what I mean? You remember that? Like, go back and see. Yeah, go back and see what happened in the past. It's more like you're watching it on TV, but you can't necessarily go back and, and mess with it. I like. I would be super into doing like Assassin's Creed style, <laughs> where like you know what I mean? Like they hook you up to a machine and you can relive DNA memories or something. Even yeah. though that's all ridiculous, anyways. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I would be, I would be super into doing something like that. Like you're saying like chrono visor or something like imagine what a powerful, like, I mean, just imagine what a powerful research tool that would be anyways. I mean, you could, you know, I mean, I don't know, just like with your, I mean, your talk, we're talking about your podcast starting up here. Um, you know, imagine if you could actually, like, I would love to see, um, I would love to see my, uh, my family as it grew, you know what I mean? Or my, my Nona's, uh, childhood or, or where she lived or, you know what I mean? I would, but I wouldn't. Cause I feel like you, you're like, if you went back and saw it, it's not the same as her telling it to you. You know what I mean? No, it's not. And well, that's the thing too, is that it's, like you lose some of the, you lose some of it. <laughs> right. Right. The other, you know, the other, the other part of this that I don't think anyone ever considers too is like if we if we had time travel right Mm -hmm. and this as far as i know this is never brought up in any science fiction book that i've i've ever read maybe it has listeners if you've heard of a story like this let me know but like if time travel if it's possible then crime is gone there's no more crime right if we can travel back in time, then every single crime that is committed, we can stop. And besides that, every crime that gets committed, we can investigate perfectly. <laughs> if, and that's assuming everybody has access to the time. Tra- you know, I mean, that gets into a whole different. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm, dude, no, 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 no. I'm saying one, sup- the Supreme Court has access to, like, you know, Judge oh, yeah. Dredd style. Yeah. One, because again, if you have a time travel device, time becomes infinite for you. So, you know what, what I mean? What I was getting like, at is, like, let's say, like you said, the military has it, but the but the civilians don't yet, right? Yeah. What's their motivation to even give a shit? <laughs> you know, to go back to see, like, oh, did this random guy kill this other random guy? You know, what I mean? like they probably don't care. No, probably not. But I mean, at the same time, though. You know, I mean, in some ways, maybe the best, and this is part of what gets into the overarching conspiracy as always, is maybe the best evidence that time travel isn't possible is that big, powerful people keep getting into trouble, mm-hmm. right? Because you'd imagine that, and then of course, we're going to get, we're going to get messages that are like, you know, well, you know, the Rothschilds have never gotten in trouble. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay. Because they have the time. Yeah. yeah but I mean, <laughs> you know, like it's. They don't get in trouble on our timeline, right? <laughs> no, and two, I mean, that's, the really man, like, that's, just, that's always going to be the argument, and I think that's what it's always going to come back to. Yeah, for any for any kind of thing trying to disprove or or even prove time travel, you know, it's like, like you said, if if it, you know, well, why didn't X happen? Why do we still have, you know, why do we still have cancer? We have, we should have gone back and if we cure it in the future, why can't we go back and cure it now? Yeah. You know, then it's, it's well in this timeline, we'd have not you know, and that's where I think it starts exploding everybody's heads and phones. And then, yeah, it's just, this, man, we missed, end of you know, we, I think, I think we did an all right job on the science this episode. TJ, I want to, I want to thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I think we, I think we got a little bit of, you know, a little bit of science, a little bit of tinfoil hat, and hopefully we didn't lose too many people for you. Oh, it was good stuff. I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, it was I'm, I'm a little upset. I know because, okay, listeners, full disclosure, before TJ come on, he said no more aliens. <laughs> he didn't want to talk about aliens with me today. So we didn't, but my favorite alien theory is that they are time travelers, TJ gonna leave that one hanging out there for next time um the nordic I, I could buy that it's it's not the one i think is the most true it's just the one that i like the best 
All right. I like Anyways, it. thank you, dear listeners, for uh, checking out the Mad Scientist podcast this week. If you like the show, please go review it. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Facebook, all those places. It really helps us out a huge amount. And please be sure to check out Notes from the Attic by uh, TJ Cunahan here. Thank you, sir. Once it releases. When is it releasing, man? Uh, hopefully this summer. So it's got, it's got still a few months out. Nice. But uh, yeah, the tra- like I said, the trailer's up on iTunes, so you can always subscribe to it now. Check it out. Um, you know, I wanted to lock the iTunes stuff in ahead of time. Yeah, and, absolutely. Hey, get, if anybody has some good stories, I know there's a there's a lot of people all over the country, not just in my little bubble over here, you know, in uh, Pennsylvania. So if anybody has stories or has grandparents that have cool stories, either get a hold of me or record it yourself and send it over to me. I'm okay with that too. I can make it work. Yeah, man, that'd be amazing. You know, it's it's actually interesting. There are some really fascinating. Uh, some really fascinating people that I've met through MUFON who are, um, you know, they were, they served in the military or they mm-hmm. you know, just have fascinating lives. You know what I mean? Um, that I'm sure would be great for the show. So maybe I'll have to, I'll have to, you know, send some emails maybe. Yeah, definitely. Um, man. But yeah, anyways, uh, listeners, you know, um, TJ literally got the microphone I'm using right now for me. So listen to his podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. I have the same one. I have that microphone, yeah. brother, or brother or sister, depending on which way you want to use it. Um, oh, man, we're doing great. <laughs> and, and our blanket for it as well, too. So that's, you know, it's kind of appropriate because, you know, we're the we're pod brothers and they have pod brother microphones. So it works out. Yeah, it's wonderful. Good stuff, man. All right. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. All right. Bye. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are we are always unpacking that very question on sleepover cinema check out sleepover cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com see you soon